soon here golden knights and the stars in dallas dallas getting jamie ben back from suspension vegas was up three nothing in that series dallas trying to force game seven on wednesday regardless of the outcome tonight i almost said irregardless just to annoy people but i decided not to be that annoying that early in the show uh regardless of the outcome tonight the stanley cup final will start on Saturday, and we will have all the games for you right here on 6.30, Chad. They're all going to start at 6 o'clock, so you will hear the Stanley Cup awarded on Chad at some point in the first couple of weeks of, June's, uh, of June. There's only one month of June. In the NBA tonight, pretty big game seven there. That one starts in about half an hour. Miami at Boston. This was the series that Miami, as the underdog, led three games to nothing, and now Boston has come back to force game seven. There have been... What, four three successful 3 nothing comebacks in the NHL? There has never been one in the association. This is just the fourth time a team has forced Game 7 after being down three games to nothing. I wonder when the other ones were, you're thinking. Well, hey, I have the answer. 1951 NBA Finals. Rochester Royals defeated the New York Knicks. 1994 Western Conference second round, Utah Jazz over Denver Nuggets. 2003 West first round, Dallas Mavericks over Portland Trailblazers. So the Knicks, Nuggets, and Trailblazers coming up just short in their comeback attempt. We'll see if the Celtics can finish it off tonight at home. Pretty exciting. Great finish to that game on Saturday night with uh, Boston getting that kind of tap-back rebound with a tenth of the second uh, left to win that one. So we'll keep an eye on both those games tonight. Pretty exciting stuff. I, I was all proud of myself earlier today because I watched the movie Election with Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick. And then I found out that that's not the type of election that's being discussed today. So so huge fail on my part, Kellen. That's okay. I was listening to Alice Cooper all day today. Uh, does Alice Cooper have any songs about elections? Yeah, he had one in the early 70s called Elected. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. We'll play that at some point tonight. Sure. He does, there's, no, there's no naughty language in that one, is no, there? No, that's a very uh, clean-cut, uh, good old rock song. Nothing yeah. like a clean-cut Alice Cooper. <laughs> yes. No, uh... No, that was uh, that, that was uh, Ozzy uh, Osbourne that bit a bat. Yes, Alice Cooper just does a lot of sort of macabre stuff on Alice stage. Cooper, right? yeah. Alice Cooper gets, Though, gets uh, decapitated on stage once in a while. I saw There's Alice Cooper does. in the summer of 1999 in Saskatoon, at Sask uh-huh. Place. I was doing my uh, practicum at Global Saskatoon, and uh, I saw Alice Cooper, and. Yeah, there was no uh, blood or fake blood or anything like that. He did fire confetti into the crowd, and one of the people I was with said if this was the 70s or early 80s, he would have been spraying people with blood, perhaps. Hmm. By the way, I did not plan to talk about this. Kellen brought up Alice Cooper, and that, <laughs> that got me going on that. So we will play uh, Elected at some point tonight by Alice Cooper. And, yes, the, the film uh, Election, pretty good movie, starring Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick. Kind of a, a kind of dark humor. It may not be for everybody. Uh not the topic tonight. So here's here's what's uh, happening tonight for coverage. It's me until 8 o'clock. 
talking about stuff today that nobody cares about because there's a huge news story. But we're going to try to do our best to make you care because, well, not make you, like we're going to force you to care, but we're going to try to get you a little interested. The Elks did play. I was at that Stingers game on the weekend uh, yesterday, just a huge collapse. And we, we thought, how can we tie this all together? How can we do something that's relevant out of this, or relevant, relevant? That's a, that's a very rare animal. Uh, something that's relevant to what's happening in the news today. So we, between seven and eight, we have two former CFLers who went into politics. So I thought, okay, let's let's see who we can get on. So uh, Dave Campbell and I put our heads together, and we uh, came up with a couple of gentlemen who, who I think are going to be pretty interesting to talk to and tell you about transitioning from uh, from football to politics. So that's how we're going to do election-related stuff today. We're going to do one other election-related thing for fun, and you can participate here, 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You can email the show inside sports at 630ched.com. You can send me a message on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R E I D W I L K I N S. Which Edmonton sports person, so player, coach, manager, I guess even uh, media member like me, which Edmonton sports person do you think would make the best politician and why? Yeah, you have to have an NY, and it doesn't have to be serious. We may give out a canned ham T-shirt if anybody really makes me laugh. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Which Edmonton sports person, we can say past or present, would make the best politician, and why? That's how you can participate in the uh, show tonight. By the way, I should mention this in all seriousness: the polls close at eight o'clock. I know you probably know that but I thought I should say it just in case uh, you want to get out there and vote and you're not sure when you're going to be do it, uh, be able to do it. you got to do it by 8 o'clock today. Then our special election show will start here on 6.30, Chad, and you can also get it on global television. So the Elks played on uh, Saturday afternoon against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Preseason football, always a lot of players on the roster. Um, the Bombers won at 25-23. They uh, got up on the Elks. And uh, Edmonton fought back. I mean, the Elks had an impressive third quarter. I know it's quote-unquote only preseason, but I got to mention this. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers ran two offensive plays the entire third quarter. I'll say that again. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers ran two offensive plays the entire third quarter. So the, the plays that were initiated by the Bombers, they kicked off to start the half. They uh, had a two-yard rush and an incomplete pass, and then they punted. So so two special teams play and two offensive plays. The Elks had a drive that lasted almost nine minutes to start the third quarter. Then they got the ball back with about four and a half minutes left and uh, scored on the first play of the fourth quarter. So that was pretty encouraging. Now, at that point of the game, most of the first stringers were no longer in the game, but quarterback Trey Ford was able to orchestrate that drive for the Elks who I think are showing a little bit of promise here. I know these games don't count in the standings. We'll see what it's like when everybody's playing the first stringers for an entire game. But building on what he did last year, I I thought Kevin Brown looked pretty good at running back. Now, the, the, the main guys only got three series. Most of them only played in three series for the Elks. 
So the stats aren't going to be incredibly impressive, but Kevin Brown, well, actually, Brown's stats are incredibly impressive. He had four rushing attempts for 55 yards, including a 33-yarder. So even if you take out that long one, he had three for 22, which is pretty darn good. Uh, He was good last year. When he joined the team midseason, he's not a huge guy, but he's good at taking contact and and maintaining his forward power and, and getting yards after being hit. He had one run where he, he spun around and almost looked like he disappeared for a while and then came back. So Kevin Brown was very good at running back. And the other running back who played pretty much the rest of the game, Shannon Brooks, solid day for him. And he also played well on Monday in Calgary, 13 carries for 72 yards. That was a five-and-a-half-yard average, had a 13-yarder. Um, so that was good. So the running back position looks pretty solid. And I guess if you're saying the running backs look pretty solid, you know, you're probably speaking positively about the uh, offensive line as well. So that's that's something to keep in mind. The receivers, we talked a lot about them. We didn't see a ton of the first stringers. The, the big signing from the offseason, Eugene Lewis, just caught one pass. Uh, the only time he was targeted had one reception for 15 yards. Uh, Stephen Dunbar Jr. is there. Uh, he was targeted in completion. Kyron Moore was targeted in completion. Dylan Mitchell, who we saw last year, two catches on three targets for 14 yards. But we know they have some guys who are going to be able to play. Gavin Cobb, who was on Inside Sports about three weeks ago, he joined me in studio, three catches for 31 yards. He played later in the game. C.J. Sims, just a little guy out there, two catches for 50 yards. And Maurice French, the guy with the uh, French with two Fs at the beginning of the name, six catches for 43 yards. So I think think the receivers did a pretty good job as well quarterback play corny didn't play a lot he went six for nine trey ford went eight for nine i'm surprised to see that when i check the stats say kai loxley threw the ball a lot 15 out of 22 to me trey ford is more dangerous with his legs and he showed that a couple of times in that drive he led in the third quarter cornelius is going to be the guy we really saw on saturday the stephen mcadoo offense and we've seen that in Edmonton before. We saw it in Saskatchewan when he and Chris Jones were there. McAdoo, the offensive coordinator for the team. It's um, I, I've I've been somewhat critical of that over the years, and I'll go back to when they were here at 14 and 15. It can be a little. I don't even know if conservative is conservative is the right word because of course they're trying to score points and, and move the ball and get first downs, uh, but it. To me, it's an offense that relies a lot on high percentage plays, which is great, but it relies a lot on quickness and timing and getting yards after the catch and and maybe fooling the defense, which is fine. That's football. But the thing that concerns me about it is there's a lot of passes that only go three, four, or five yards down the field. And if the defense is on you, um, you know, two, three-yard passes doesn't do you a lot of good. Now, having said that, hopefully the Elks have a good running game and they'll be able to thrive off those high percentage passes. And yes, they did throw deep a couple of times. But there's to me I've I've always liked in the CFL and I know you have to diversify, but I've always liked those passes that go 10 to 15 yards down the field. You know, find that spot of the defense. The ones in which if the receiver gets tackled as soon as he catches the ball, it's still a first down. And I I I don't know if this offense is going to do a lot of that, but we'll discuss this with Dave Campbell when he's on the show a little bit later on because I don't think he sees it the same way that I do. The uh, Elks defense gave up a couple of big plays. I think they're going to have more speed amongst their starters on defense. 
hopefully the D line's a little better than it was last year. you got to get pressure in the CFL, uh, but we'll talk more about that with Dave, too, when he joins us after the 6.30 news. Then yesterday, I went to the Edmonton Stingers game. I went with Cam Moon, so I was glad to hang out with Mooner, first of all. And I, I saw something in terms of uh, of something I've witnessed in, in person on television. I, I would have witnessed certainly comparable things. But in terms of something I've witnessed in person, one of the worst blown leads I've ever seen, or I guess comebacks if you're looking at it from a Calgary perspective. But I live in Edmonton. Why would I look at anything from a Calgary perspective? So... And I, I really like the CEBL. We had Reed Clark on the show last week, president, owner, and uh, and GM of the Stingers. Uh, the league has done a great job. The Stingers have done a great job. They've won two league championships. They, they've done a, they've done nice work with the Flair Airlines hangar there at the Expo Center. Jordan Baker, who I've known a long time, back to his playing days at the U of A. He's now the head coach of the team. So the Stingers lost the first game of the year in Calgary. The Surge are a new team. And uh, then they're home on, on Saturday. It's a tight game. They're tied at halftime. Late third throughout the fourth quarter, the Stingers just started to pull away. And they have the Elam ending in the CBL. And if, if, you, if you're not familiar with this, I, I, I really like it. They, this is the third year they've had it in the CBL. So the first stoppage after there are less than four minutes remaining, they turn off the game clock, and the winning team has to hit a target score and the target score is nine points more than what the leading team had when they shut the clock off so if it's uh, if it's 90 to 80 the target score is 99 first team to 99 if it's whatever 75 74 then you got to get to 84 so the the stingers were leading the game 73 57 73-57. They led by 16 points. So they got to score nine points before Calgary scores 25. They couldn't do it. Calgary won the game 82-81. And you could sense it early in the uh, in the Elam ending as Vegas scores to go up one nothing with 16-18 left in the first. Calgary came out with nothing to lose, playing they, they they pressed the Stingers, and you could kind of sense right away the Stingers couldn't handle it. Jordan called the timeout after a while, and Calgary just kept chipping away, and uh, Edmonton led 81-80, and Calgary uh, had the ball, and uh, a foul was called, and Calgary went to the line for two shots, and both were made, and that's how the game ended, 82-81. Just uh, a monumental collapse, and I, and I caught up with Coach Jordan Baker a few minutes after the game. You guys were playing so well. How did you lose that game? I mean, we couldn't convert some opportunities. I think we started to force things a little bit offensively. You know, it's a lot of these guys' first time playing in the Elam ending, and it's, it adds a different dynamic to things. But, you know, as the season progresses, we'll be a little more comfortable in it. Um, you know, it would have been nice to knock down some foul shots as well. Uh, but, you know, that's the reality. And, you know, we got a quick turnaround again for Wednesday. Does the I know they know how to handle pressure, but does that feeling of anxiousness kind of mount when you're not getting any points up in the Elam ending? Well, I mean, you're down when they're down 16 coming into it, they feel like there's no pressure on them. They can come out and play free. They start to knock down some shots. They build some momentum, right? And, and you know, you're, you're you're starting to tighten up a little bit on your side. We tried to get them playing free-flowing basketball, trying to get some things at the rim. Um, they 
had some open looks that we didn't couldn't convert on, but um, you know we got to try to play the way we did in the first 36 minutes in the last four. Uh, by my count, the Stingers missed at least four foul shots in the Elam ending, and this you could feel it going Calgary's way, and they eventually pulled it out. So the Stingers start the season 0-2. They're back at it on Wednesday at 7.30 at the Expo Center, taking on the Niagara River Lions. But uh, that was uh, that was a big gut punch to uh, to see the Stingers lose that game. Okay, 780-496-0063. We got uh, a lot to discuss tonight. Like I said, Dave Campbell and I are going to uh, get into it about the Elks a little bit, and I'm happy to hear from you as well. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Which Edmonton sports person would make the best politician and why? Kellen, what do we have? We have a early clubhouse leader. Uh, we're not calling it as of yet. Let me Reed guess. Wilkins. Can I guess who it is? Yes, go for it. Brian Hall. It is uh, Brian Hall. Of course Hall. it's Brian Hall. It is Brian Hall, yes, for sure. Uh, some of the responses, uh, we got Dan saying that he picks Brian Hall. He could tell. He could just tell stories totally off topic. Everyone would love it, and it wouldn't even relate to politics. That's true. That's true, yeah. Uh, best uh, personality, this is an unknown text that came in, best uh, personality to be a politician is Brian Hall. Great hair, and he repeats everything three to four times so you completely understand it. Well, that's true. You got to you gotta repeat in radio. That's what I've learned, too. Mm-hmm. And then we got Greg who texted in and says, Brian Hall, because he and his guy have never been wrong with the winky face. So there we go. <laughs> oh, appreciate the winky face. Uh, and we have some other uh, individuals listed here, too. Uh, we've got Ryan texting in and says, Daryl Mookie Mitchell. Mayor Mookie has a nice ring to it. Uh, Mookie might be on the show this week, by the Ooh, way. Ooh, Hopefully. We go. Excellent. And then an unknown text. Uh, we've got the... Uh, uh, the suggestions for Bob Stoffer as well. We've got a couple here that says one that says that's easy read Stoffer. Quite simply put, there we go. And that uh, actually that's from Norman the Combine. So there we go. And then we got Doug texting in that says Stoffer. We all know he would run this province like an NHL or a CFL game, and that would may actually and that would maybe actually work. Yeah, I think Bob would be more of a. Uh a province manager than a politician <laughs> to use one of his favorite phrases all right seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three those were funny we hopefully we'll get some more which uh, edmonton sports person athlete player coach media person whatever mascot mascot yeah well that's a weird one uh do you think would make the best politician dave campbell is coming up don't forget our election show starts after the eight o'clock news